Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric, aka Sulior, and today we are starting a brand new series on the different incarnations of the Empire. So we're starting with the first Empire and how that came to be. So we are going to be talking about the very first ruler of the first Empire, and that is Saint Alessia. So I'm really excited about this. I've been kind of wanting to do this for a while. So uh, we do have some news that we're going to get into, though. So first off, um, the Ascending, Ascending Isles DLC is now available for those of you who have purchased it. Or, I I'm sorry, it's Ascending Tides. <laughs> I got a little confused there, but... Um, yeah, uh, if you have got the ESO Plus subscription or if you've purchased this, um, I hope you're enjoying it. So I un unfortunately do not. Yes, it's Ascending Tide. And um, un yeah, unfortunately I don't have that. It is a Dungeon Delving DLC, which is typically what the first part of, the new st of each new story arc is. And um, I know um, I've seen Lotus of Doom play, and it looks pretty cool. Um, I don't typically get into dungeons, but I think that is changing. So, and I'll talk about that a little bit when we get to my gameplay, excuse me. Um, there is another article here about uh, how the different bosses are designed. Uh, I guess this is part three of this uh, ongoing article. So it's a developer deep dive. I'm going to uh, link that in the show notes. Also, if you are a, uh, if you're kind of new to ESO and don't already have this, um, Marwind is now free for all ESO players. So this was announced on the 6th of April. I kind of thought that was already a thing where you got Morrowind free, but I guess not. Um, so yeah, I'm again going to link that article in the show notes. Um, I guess the big thing right now, there was the Jesters Festival recently, and that seemed to go by super quick. I thought the Jesters Festival lasted at least a week or two but it seemed to go by in the blink of an eye i didn't actually get to take part in any of it unfortunately but what is still going on right now is the fact that the anniversary jubilee is going on right now so i think this goes on for about another week or so um as i'm recording this this is um april 10th so you get bonus experience points unique rewards and cake during the anniversary jubilee so basically you do the quest to get the cake and you it, it'll show up in your tool menu for your collections and you have to make sure you eat the cake and you get three uh free event tickets and each time you do a daily quest, whether it's a job, daily job, or your crafting writs, you get anniversary coffers. And this will have the rewards. So I actually got the uh, pet. It is a fire pot spider um, 
it's a kind of a, a dwarven spider it, um, for one of my characters, my North American character. And because uh, I'm starting to play with my North American character again, and I will uh, let you, I'll, t I'll talk about that here in a little bit. So yeah, you do daily crafting rights, daily delves, world bosses, alliance war, battle, pretty, pretty much any daily quest, uh, daily heist, dungeons, things like that. And there's crafting, uh, I mean, there's style motifs, there's transmutation crystals, things like that. Um, just, uh, yeah, you can craft an Aurora Firepot Spider, which is what I was talking about. There's new outfits. So it's pretty cool. Uh, definitely take advantage of this while you still can. Um, and this goes on through, uh, give me a second here, while I, uh, uh, Tuesday, April 19th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time if you're in the U.S. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely take advantage of this while you can. And my uh, little hairless Khajiit decided to make an appearance again, as you probably heard. So yeah, happy happy 8th birthday, Elder Scrolls Online. So there's also another article that is a deep dive into the High Isle chapter. This article came out on April 4th. So um, yeah, I'm going to leave the link for that in the show notes as well. So, um, yeah, it looks like they're this, uh, the developer deep dive on designing the bosses started last month. Um, the part two article dropped on April 1st and I, it wasn't an April Fool's Day joke. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely check out the entire line of articles on that. It's pretty good info. So... Um, yeah, so I think that's really about it as far as the news. So let's talk about my gameplay a little bit. So I mentioned last time that I was going to talk a little bit more about Elden Ring, and I'm definitely going to do that. So yeah, why don't we why don't we start with Elden Ring, and then I'll get in. Uh, you know, I'll finish up with my ESO gameplay. So I think I. I don't think I mentioned that I... Oh, I think I said I was going to start a few characters and see which one I like best with Elden Ring. And I've only started one, but I'm doing pretty damn well with this character. Um, I started a samurai. So the samurai has... A, it's He starts with a small like pot cover for a shield... And then he also has a katana and a bow. So um, you, you kind of make sure you keep up with your arrows. But I'm not really using the bow so much because I don't think my accuracy is the greatest with the bow. But I do really like the katana. And I uh, found the wolf cave uh, that... Uh, giant werewolf is way too fast for being as big as he is but once I figured out how to level up and I got the spell for summoning the spectral wolf pack that that made a world of difference because the wolf pack will surround the boss you really can only use that spell in a boss cave 
or in a boss room and the the wolves will surround the boss and you can just go taking pot shots at it just kind of you know because he's focusing on the wolf pack who completely surrounds him and traps him and then you just go around swinging taking shots here and there until he's dead so i've now beaten two bosses with these with this samurai character and i found some weapons and armor uh that i really like i went back to using the katana though because i think the katana is best um, I found this really nice long sword that has this uppercut special, which was really good, but it's not as fast as the katana. And um, yeah, the second um, dungeon that I found was full of imps, and these imps are really fast, and if they hit you, they do bleeding damage, which is, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's um, really... I'm trying to find the base of these really bright uh, yellow glowing trees and uh, apparently <laughs> I'm still really early on in the game, which is fine. Um, I'm just going to take my time with it, but I've taken a little bit of a break from Elden Ring and I've started playing Outer Worlds again, which is basically Fallout in space. Um, and I've since picked up the DLC for that also, which I'm not high enough level to do. But I'm really enjoying Outer Worlds again. I got really far in that when I had it on PC, but I had to... It's another game that I got really, really far in and never finished. So I'm really wanting to finish it this time. And... Um, so yeah, I've I've started a new game, and I'm playing on Xbox now because unfortunately I had to wipe my PC, and that got rid of my save file. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying that game again. It's really fun, and it's uh, it's got a really good uh, charm to it. I'm still playing uh, Fallout New Vegas, and that you can listen to that on the Fallout feed, which I actually just guessed it on the Fallout feed. Um, let's see, that would have been on April 8th. Um, yeah, so that episode is out now wherever you get your podcasts, and that is always a good time. I uh, uh, really enjoy the people with the Fallout Feed community, um, not to mention the hosts themselves. Very lovely people. Go check them out. And, uh, yeah, and let's see. Uh, the only, yeah, the only other thing that I've really been playing lately has been Elder Scrolls Online. So, um, I was recently invited to join a Discord server that is exclusive to Elder Scrolls podcasters. So, that was a, an honor to be included among that. And I have been chatting with this guy named Marcus, who is one of the hosts for an Elder Scrolls Online podcast called Legends Rise. So uh, go check them out if you just need your weekly dose of specifically Elder Scrolls Online info. Um, and yeah, he is uh, he is wanting to get a um, community. He, he's wanting to get a guild going. And um, unfortunately, he only plays on the North American server. So I, I did have a, a North American character that I played for a while until I was doing uh, guild stuff with the Hive community, and they're all ba they're all basically uh, 
exclusively UK players. Um, not all of them. There is uh, one that uh, is wanting to look uh, play with people on the North American server. Um, but yeah, my European server character is I think <laughs> like uh, 430 combat power uh, combat power ranking. And my North American character was level 25. So I'm now up to level 30. And I'm playing with that character again. And um, yeah, he's been helping me out with that. Um, so we've been doing daily dungeon runs. And uh, he, he pl uh, mostly plays as a tank. Well, my European character was a, or is, a necro uh, necromancer and this character on the North American server is a nightblade so two completely different playing styles so it's taking me a bit to get used to playing with that character again but I think I'm getting the hang of it um, once I, now that I played with him a little bit more so yeah um, just kind of yeah we've been doing daily dungeon delves and i've trying i've been trying to do uh daily tasks with my uh necro character from the european server so um yeah just trying to get those event tickets and get the uh parts for the fire pot spider which i did get with the uh, north american character not yet with the european character so yeah, that's that's really as about all I've been playing. I've I did a couple more quests in the uh, Ebonheart Pact quest line. So I I think I'm still yeah I'm still in the rift with the Ebonheart Pact story. So but I I do think that it's kind of getting closer to the end. So yeah, that's really about all I've been playing. So let's talk about Saint Alessia. Alright, so as I mentioned earlier, we are going to be talking about Saint Alessia today. She is the founder of the First Empire, commonly called the Alessian Empire. And most of the time, the eras have to do with the empires that are in uh, that are going on at the time but this isn't necessarily the f the case with the Alessian empire so the last Alessian emperor is uh he that this person dies before 2703 um this person's name is Herda and if you have read your books in the ESO lore, you know that the first era ends around 2920. So there is a little bit of an overlap there. But let's talk about the founder of the first empire, Alessia. So there is a, a quote here at the beginning of this article from the UESP wiki. It says, though she has gone to me, she remains bathed in the stars. First Empress, Lady of Heaven, Queen Ut Sirad. And this quote is from Morahas, I think is how you pronounce that name. 
So, to be completely honest, we don't know a lot about Alessia's life aside from the fact that she was a need and she we don't know what year she was born we know what year she died that was first era 266 um but we i mean she's noted for uh being a slave to the aliens and she initiated or instigated a uh, revolution against their slave masters and she founded the first empire upon uh, the success of this revolt. So, um, but let's let's dig into this a little bit. So, Alessia has a few names uh, that people call her or know her by. There's Queen Alessia. There's Saint Alessia. There's Slave Queen of Cyrodiil. There's El Istia. But she was not born. Alessia. Alessia is actually the corruption of a title, uh, the title Al-Esh, which is High Highness in Aldmeri, I believe, and that was given to her by her followers. There's another title that was given to her uh, that was Paravant, which means the first. From corruptions of these two titles, came countless other names by which she was known to uh, various people, including Parif, Paraval, Paresh, Parathu, Paravani, and Aleshat. Um, so the Alessian order is is called this because she purposely appeared to the prophet Mark of Maruk, I think Maruk, yeah, and a vision uh, bestowed to her teachings upon him. For which she is known by the order as the Enlightened One. So I guess as it turns out, we don't know what Alessia's birth name was, only what she came to be known. So we don't know a lot about Alessia's early life. Um, this early in the first era um, written history was kind of scarce at the time. We do know that she was born to one of Cyrodiil's many human tribes and grew up in Sard Sardavar weed, which at, known at the time was known as Sard. And uh, as with all humans of Cyrodiil in the first era, era, she lived as a slave under the Aelids. So the Aelids did worship the Altmeri or the Aldmeri uh, divines, which uh, we've talked about the divines quite a bit but they also had quite a few dealings with daedric princes and um, you know what happens when you have dealings with daedric princes that's it's typically not a good thing so there was a war going on at the time now this was about the time that Skyrim got rid of um, all the elves, essentially. So King Harold had conquered Skyrim and founded the first human kingdom on the continent of Tamriel, and he managed to drive the elves completely out of Skyrim, uh, primarily into Cyrodiil and Morrowind, and human slaves saw the possibility of doing the same thing to their own elven rulers. 
And during this time period, the Iliad government um, had a lot of civil strife going on. There, so there were dozens of separate kingdoms and city-states that constantly fought against each other for power. And this is when Alessia saw her uh, chance to uh, revolt against her slave masters. So, as I mentioned earlier, the Daedric princes um, were typically called upon to help keep the slaves in line. And Nords had their own gods, uh, which were merely, which were um, much more sympathetic to humans than uh, elves. So Alessia uh, prayed to these gods for assistance. And Kenrith sent her son, um, I guess he's a Nordic demigod, uh, Morahos, to advise and aid Alessia. And during this period, Morahos is usually identified as Alessia's lover, though the Song of Pelinal claims he was embarrassed at his appearance because of her. Um, next episode, we'll be talking about Pelinal Whitestrake quite a bit. So. <clears throat> He helped her to rally the other slaves to her cause. From the moment, from that moment, she was known as the Slave Queen. And Kenrith also sent Alessia visions that would aid her to fight against her masters. And a third of these was of another legendary figure, um, which is Pelina Whitestrake. And he was sent to Alessia to become the leader of her army. So this is around First Era 242, and this is when Alessia's rebel army finally struck out against their masters. Pelinal Whitestrake in particular became legendary for his brutal decimation of the alien armies, and Alessia often, um, Alessia herself often had to intercede with the divines on his behalf after the madness took him, and he committed particularly atrocious acts. Uh, like I said, we'll, we'll get into Pelinol in the next episode here. So, the human strategy was to drive the aliens inward toward White Gold Tower, forcing the front into an increasingly smaller circles around, around Lake Rumere. And it was during this time, late in the war, that the alien king Umaril was given control of the alien armies. I've mentioned Umaril in a previous episode but we'll we'll talk about him uh in the next episode about Pelinal white strike so yeah eventually umaril was defeated and alessia claimed victory and was named first empress of the empire of cyrodiil so, Alessia's victory would not have been possible without intervention from Skyrim, but she had at least as much help from uh, rebel alien lords during the siege of the White Gold Tower. There was a small sect of alien princes that continued to rule parts of Cyrodiil after, as vassals of the new Empress of Cyrodiil. So, yeah, I guess the... Uh, Aliens weren't completely driven out of Cyrodiil. So the ones that helped her with her cause were allowed to stay. But Alessia's first major act as Empress was to abolish Daedra worship. 
the alien gods, as I should clarify that, not specifically Daedra, but the alien gods. And she was a shrewd politician, enough to realize that her people had never known any other gods. And Alessia knew that she had to be careful in choosing the official state religion. So she made the eight divines at the time, because this is before Talos, uh, Tiber Septum, and she established that as the religion of Cyrodiil. So she ruled over Cyrodiil, um, the first empire, up until second, I'm sorry, first era 266. So she had a good 20 year run. Near the end of her reign, as Alessio was dying, she was visited by Akatosh, who bound her soul to the Amulet of Kings. Before Pelinal took her up, possibly to Aetherius. So she was given the Amulet of Kings to signify the Empire itself. And the Amulet of Kings was around up until... Martin Septim at the end of the events of Oblivion at the end of the Third Era. So she was the one who was gifted the Amulet of Kings. And apparently it contained her soul. So there's some interesting uh, trivia for you there. So after her soul was bound to the amulet, Akatosh named her Saint Alessia. And she was the first saint of the humans, and her followers be- would become known as the Alessian Order. And they remained in power over a third of Tamriel for decades. And they would be responsible for driving out the last of the Aelids and imposing strict anti-elven practices, unfortunately, um, over Tamriel for much of the First Era. While the Order itself ultimately died out, St. Alessia continued continued to be venerated as part of the modern pantheon um, for the Imperials after its demise. This, uh, there was a covenant that was struck with Akatosh to keep Oblivion shut. This has to do with the um, Amulet of Kings. So, yeah, if, as long as there is a dragonborn emperor on the throne, the, uh, the fires in the Temple of the One would remain lit. So, a few centuries later, Raymond Cyrodiil, we'll talk about him uh, in a future episode, uh, he defeated to, defeated the Akavari invasion. Yes, we'll definitely talk about that, and would formally would formalize the process of lighting the dragon fires. Uh, that's what they're called in the Temple of the One, the dragon fires, and passing the amulet as rites uh, used the uh, used to crown the new emperor. So, the emperors of Cyrodiil are known by the amulet of kings, not so much a crown that they would have on their head. So, here's uh, some more trivia about Alessia. According to an internal document at Bethesda, there was supposed to be some ambiguity about whether Akatosh or Shazar was present at Alessia's ascension. So, Shazar is called the missing sibling and, and is the Cyrodiil version of Lorcan. So, we all know about Lorcan. But that's interesting. I didn't know that. So, also here are many aspects of Alessia's story, including her humble origins, divine inspiration, fellowship of soldiers, 
and the fight against an oppressive regime, regime um, also post posthumous sainthood, are reminiscent of other retellings of Joan of Arc. So Alessia was uh, inspired by Joan of Arc. Alessia is traditionally associated with the constellation the Thief. I didn't know that either. But um, her legacy is, even though you don't really see Alessia in the games, unfortunately, I really wished we could find an aspect of Alessia, like a, a ghost um, of Alessia in ESO or Oblivion or something like that. Um, kind of like you see St. Veloth in ESO. Excuse my dog there. Um, you, you don't actually get to see her, but her influence is felt in, throughout the games, um, especially Oblivion. But she's also mentioned in tons of literature in the Elder Scrolls games, like uh, the Songs of Pelennol, the Pocket Guide to the Empire, um, Trials of St. Alessia, that's a, yeah. There is also the Stone of St. Alessia. And this is a relic that is sacred to the, the uh, Divine Church in Cyrodiil. And it's a holy stone believed to have been blessed by St. Alessia herself. And this stone has been set in a pearl-crusted golden amulet, which was historically kept in the great chapel of Talos in Bruma. So there's a whole, there's a quest that has to do with this in Oblivion. It's a fighter's guild quest, and basically a group of bandits entered the great chapel and stole it, and you're tasked to recover it. So it's a short little quest there, but... Still, again, um, Alessia's influence is still felt even all these, you know, years later. So, and her successor on the throne was Belharza the Manbull, who was the son of Alessia and her consort Morahas, who uh, was one of the first Minotaurs. So, yeah. <laughs> Her, her son is part Minotaur. That's uh, interesting. I did not know that. So little is known about him. But uh, yeah, I'm going to end this episode on St. Alessia. So next up will be Pelinal Whitestrake, uh, who we mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. But we'll dig into more about his life and uh the times of the first era the first empire so yeah that is it for this episode i would like to thank the hive as always for sponsoring this podcast and if you'd like to get a hold of me you can find me on twitter and instagram the show is at tmrealicp and the uh pages for my uh personal accounts are iangold08 so you can also find me on uh, Xbox at Sulior. So I, I definitely uh, I definitely play some multiplayer games if you'd like to hop in with me. I'm going to try and start streaming a little bit more. Um, life has kind of gotten in the way of that, especially recently um, with my wife now working from home. But um, 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make an effort to do uh, more streaming. So you can find my Twitch page at Sulior. And if you would like to help the show out, definitely, definitely leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That uh, helps get eyes and ears on the show. So anyway, I'm going to get out of here. So as always, stay safe, adventurers.